Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the book of Georgian folktales collected by Marjorie Wardrop. Today's story is about a man who is good for nothing, but then he comes across some magical items that will allow him to be wealthy when he comes back home. In the story, the Devis are a kind of multiple-headed ogre. Okay, let's begin. The Good-For-Nothing There once was a good-for-nothing man, with a hard head and a soft behind. He and his wife were a good match, though, because they both had terrible personalities. His wife poked him daily. She would give him no rest. She bothered him, saying, You have to get out. Travel forth and seek out something. You see how poor we are. At last, the husband could no longer bear her reminders, so he arose and went. He went forth, but he did not know where he was going. He traveled on and on, and when he had climbed to the ninth mountain from where he had started, he saw a large house, and in this house lived the Devis. He crept closer and saw a fire in the middle of the room, around which the Devis were sitting, warming their hands. He went in and spoke in a friendly manner to them, and sat down by the fire. The Devis treated him well, for he had spoken to them kindly. He stayed with them day and night. He ate with them, he drank with them, he slept with them. He was like their youngest brother. These Devis possessed a wishing stone. When they were assembled together, they took out the stone. If they wished for lunch, lunch appeared. If they wanted dinner, they wished for dinner, and lo, what they wished for heartily appeared before their eyes. Thus they lived without a care. They had no kind of sorrow, and this is just what our good-for-nothing liked. He approved of this life and wanted to steal the wishing stone. Once, when the Devis were in a deep sleep, the good-for-nothing silently stole out of the bedroom, took the wishing stone, and went to the door. He wished the door to open, and sure enough it began to creak. It creaked and called out, The guest has stolen the wishing stone. The good-for-nothing turned back, put the stone in its place, and went into the bedroom and pretended to be asleep. The creaking of the door awoke the Devis. They jumped up and looked. They found the wishing stone in its place and the good-for-nothing in a sweet slumber. They rejoiced, closed the door, and went to sleep again. When they had fallen into a profound sleep, the good-for-nothing rose up, took the stone, came to the door, and when he wished it to open, it began to creak out, The guest has stolen the wishing stone. The good-for-nothing turned back, again putting the wishing stone in its place, and went into the bedroom and began to snore as if he were asleep. The Devis awoke and looked, but the stone was in its place, and the good-for-nothing snoring. They were surprised, but shut the door and went to sleep. The good-for-nothing did this trick over and over again. The Devis were angry, and furiously jumped up, pulled down the door, and put it in the fire. When the door was burned, and the Devis slept again, The good-for-nothing rose up, putting the wishing stone in his pocket, and left the house. The next morning, when the Devis awoke, they saw that neither the good-for-nothing nor the wishing stone were there any longer. They looked everywhere, but could not tell whether heaven or earth had swallowed them, so they learned nothing. The good-for-nothing went on his way joyfully. He no longer had any care or thought. He rejoiced that now he could live without any troubles. He went on and met a man on the road with a big stick. This man said, Brother, give me something to eat. 
the good-for-nothing put his hand in his pocket and took out the wishing stone. He wished, and there appeared before him all kinds of good eats. When they had finished their meal, the man with the stick said, Come, I will exchange my stick with thee for this stone. What is the use of your stick? inquired the good-for-nothing. If anyone stretches out his hand and calls, Out, stick! The stick will fall upon the person in front of its master. The good-for-nothing made the exchange and went away a short distance. Then he said, Out, stick! and stretched it out towards its former master. It struck him until all his bones were made soft. When he had been well beaten, the good-for-nothing came, took his stone, and went on his way with the stick. He went on and on and saw a man with a sword who said, Brother, give me something to eat. The good-for-nothing took out his wishing stone, and immediately meat and drink appeared before them. When he had eaten sufficiently, the man said, Come, I will give you this sword in exchange for the stone. What is the use of your sword? inquired the good-for-nothing. Whoever possesses it can, if he chooses, cut off a hundred thousand heads. He exchanged his wishing stone for the sword and went away. After a short time, he said, Out, stick! and pointed to the former owner of the sword. The stick approached and beat the man mercilessly. Then the good-for-nothing took the wishing stone and went away. He went on again until he met a man with a piece of felt, who said, Brother, give me something to eat. The good-for-nothing man took out the wishing stone, wished, and immediately a delicious repast appeared. When he had eaten all he wanted, the man said, Come, I will give you my felt in exchange for this stone. What is the use of your felt? inquired the good-for-nothing. If a man's head is cut off, one only has to take a piece of this felt and apply it. His head will stick on again, and he will live. The good-for-nothing gave him the stone, took the felt, and went away. When he had gone a little way, he said, Out, stick! And the stick beat the man till he was like a wrinkled quince. The good-for-nothing took his stone and traveled on. At last he came to his home. He placed the stick behind the door, greeted his wife, and spoke thus. Wife, see what I have brought? And he showed her the sword, felt, and the wishing stone. His wife looked at him with contempt opened her mouth, and cast all the dirt in the world on his head. The good-for-nothing bored until he could bear it no longer, so he called out, Out, stick! The stick wrapped her just once on the knuckles, and she had had enough. Then he made his little children sit down, took out his wishing stone, wished the table to be laid, and the rarest delicacies were placed upon the cloth. They enjoyed their dinner, while the beaten wife silently looked down and sulked. She bore it for a time, but at last she could bear it no longer, and she came and embraced her husband. Her husband forgave her, and they caressed one another lovingly. After some time, this wishing stone made them quite rich, so that their dishes were all made of gold. Once the wife said to her husband, You just must invite the king and give him a great banquet. Her husband said, Don't you know? The king is an envious man. When he sees these things, he will take them from us and put us in prison. But his wife bothered and poked him until he consented. They invited the king and readied a magnificent banquet. When the feast was finished, the king demanded the wishing stone. The good-for-nothing said he could not spare it. The king was enraged and sent his whole army to take it away by force. This will not do at all, said the good-for-nothing to himself. Since they are going to try and force me, I shall show my strength. When he spoke, he pointed the sword at the army and a stick at the king. All of the soldiers in the army had their heads cut off, and the stick beat the envious king. 
The king begged and prayed for mercy. Bring my soldiers back to life again, and I swear I will leave you in peace. Then the good-for-nothing arose, took the felt, and laid a piece on the neck of each soldier, and the army was restored to life. The king no longer dared to show his enmity. The good-for-nothing's wife was satisfied, and they lived happily ever afterwards. The End Wow, that was a fun story. It reminded me of episode 109, the Azorian tale of the man who gets a magic table and some other stuff, and of episode 73, the Ghanaian story of Anansi getting the magic stick and pot, and of episode 145, where Juan, in the Filipino story, gets the magic stick and some other things and really has a good life. I really like the addition of the piece of felt that connected people's heads together with their bodies and brings them back to life. I just had to change a little bit of it because of the same old story of bad wife and then bad wife gets beaten and becomes good and subservient to her husband. The original can still be found in the book, but that's not what I wanted to put out into the world. And today's podcast shout out is to Mama Life, spelled M-A-M-A-L-Y-F-E. It is a show hosted by Rose C, the Haitian mama, and she's been at this for a minute. She talks with other parents and also monologues about the issues of bringing up kids, especially since she has a couple of boys. It's very relatable, and she's doing a great job of helping other moms knowing what is normal when raising kids. And if you like her show as much as I do, go and give her a listen, a rating, and a review. And the listener shout-out is to Antananarivo, Madagascar. The capital of the country of Madagascar, Antananarivo, is the ancestral homeland of the Marina people, who are the largest of the Malagasy ethnic groups in Madagascar. Now, one cool thing that I learned from linguistics podcasts is that the Malagasy language is not an African-based language, such as Swahili or Wolof, but rather a distant relative of the Austronesian languages that spread out through Indonesia, the Philippines, Malaysia, and as far out as to Hawaii. Antananarivo was named during the reign of King Andrea Massina Volana, and it means the city of thousands, in reference to the older king's troops. And so to my listeners in Antananarivo, I say, Mia otra si... Mankasitraka. Thank you, and good night.